Good morning, Fairhill Church. It's good to be with you and uh, say hi to you again. Uh, now, we are moving uh, forward in our series in Colossians, looking at how, how Christ is enough. Now, last week we saw how Paul prayed for the church in Colossae, that he was giving thanks for the fact that they could be called uh, saints and faithful brothers, that it's not because of anything that they do, but because of the work of Jesus, Christ alone, Christ enough to be called these titles and to, to bear those names. And now Paul is, is giving a second prayer. So he had this prayer for thanksgiving, and then he offers this prayer for them directly, and his prayer uh, can be wrapped around the idea of knowledge, of knowledge. He is praying for the knowledge of the Colossian church, which can seem kind of uh, cold or narrow, maybe a, a little overly intellectual to focus his prayer on, on knowledge, but... I ask you, what do you really know? Something that you know and that you don't have to doubt, that you know it like deeply in your soul. Now those kind of things, they stick there and they guide your life and they, they become part of who you are. Now I think of the movie uh, Inception. Casey and I recently re-watched it because Casey just forgets movies and it was her favorite movie at one point, but she completely forgot about it. So we had to watch it again. Um, and what does that, that movie deal with? It deals with the fact that how, how can we, can we put an idea in someone's head? And if we can put it there, then that'll shape their, their whole being, their whole world. And that when that idea is, is disastrous, it can, can destroy a person. That if it's an idea that, um, that is beautiful and that captivates them, it can change the course of their life. And so that's kind of the... Uh, the idea that we're working with today is that what is the knowledge that, that has been implanted in us that is going to work its way out and motivate our whole lives, shape the reality of who we become and what we do? Because the, the Christian life, it's not about, first, what we do. It's about what we believe. It's about our faith. And so Paul is praying for the knowledge and the faith and the belief of this church in Colossae, that they might know ultimately what Jesus Christ has done, and then that their lives might flow out of that, they might walk in that knowledge of Jesus. So we're going to look at, at knowledge and walking in knowledge today, this Sunday, by looking at Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Let me read that. Colossians 9, uh, verse, sorry, chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, and with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can be filled with deeper knowledge and that you do not ask us to perform. You ask us to know and to believe, to know and to believe what Jesus Christ has done. And Father, we, we pray now 
that through this sermon, through uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, through the regular means of grace, that we may really know what Jesus Christ has done, that we may know your will as it's expressed through Jesus, your will for our, our lives and our purpose, the things that please you in Christ. And so, Father, would you be with us? Would you do what we cannot? Would you change our hearts and shape our minds and help us to know things more deeply and truly and to ultimately know Jesus Christ? We pray in his name. Amen. All right. So uh, first, let's look at this prayer, this prayer for knowledge, verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All right, so Paul has given thanks for the fact that these believers have come to faith in Jesus. And now he's asking, okay, God, will you fill them with a knowledge of your will? And that, that will is going to then flow into their lives. It's going to be expressed. It's going to work its way out. It's do these amazing things that they will be filled with power and, and do amazing works and, and be filled with thanksgiving. And we ask, okay, how is it that, that knowledge can do that? What is this knowledge of, of his will, of God's will that we're talking about here? I think we want to be careful because we can just, we can assume and we can get it wrong and the reality is that the Colossian church is in, a, in an environment where they're tempted to actually get that answer wrong, that to misinterpret what it is that they're looking for when they understand the will of God in understanding, in spiritual wisdom. And so uh, this book is holistically dealing with kind of two cultural uh, environments that are kind of trying to draw the Colossians away from um, the true will that, that Paul is praying here. And the first is this, uh, this spirit of, of Gnosticism and spiritualism and mystery. And that the, the idea of this day was that there is deeper knowledge. There are deeper, better, greater things out there. And there are there's people and philosophers and gurus that have access to greater knowledge and greater things. And so when the Colossian church, when, when they're hearing this, they think, well, hey, maybe, maybe what Paul means is an understanding of, of the secret things of God, the secret things about God's plans and his purposes, the things that we don't yet know. And yeah, Paul's praying for, for more knowledge of these things, and let's, let's eat that up. Because yes, I, I, want, I want more. I want things that are more powerful and will change my life, and I have access to all the things that God uh, has in store for me. To move from kind of this darkness of, of ignorance to these mysteries into the light. Now that's just a second kind of environmental factor that the Colossian church is dealing with. And it's not so much this idea of, of secret knowledge and the purposes and the plans of God. It's instead what, what secretly pleases God. The secrets of God's desires. And this comes from the legalists and from the Jewish uh, religious leaders, and they're saying that, you know what, there's, there's special traditions and holy days and rituals that if you observe those, then, then you will have, the, the mysterious things will really make you please God. Then you'll really be acceptable to him. And so what is the will of God to them? It's, it's the secret things that we can do to please 
God once and for all. To only eat certain foods or observe certain days. To unlock the potential for true obedience. That if you really know what God wants, that you can do it. Now, those are kind of two cultural factors. So this is this mysticism and Gnosticism, and there's this, these Jewish traditions. And we think, well, no, I mean, we don't have that. Why do we even care? The reality is uh, we deal with the same things here and now. On the one hand, we want greater knowledge of God's plan, of God's purposes, or maybe even just reality in general. And how is that reflected? Uh, we are often not content with what we have. And, and what are we really looking for every Sunday? What are we looking for in the Bible? What are we looking for in a sermon? We're looking for something new and something novel and something different, something revolutionary. That, hey, it, maybe there's potential for, to go deeper into the, the mysteries of God, that I might have a happier life, an easier go of it, that I might be a, a better follower or even just a better person. And that's where we don't just go to the Bible for this kind of secret stuff. We go to other gurus and sages. I have been on Facebook. I've seen you and your gurus and your sages. Yes, yes, I know. Now, maybe that looks like a news syndicate. Maybe that looks like uh, the newest weight loss plan. Maybe that looks like these kind of health schemes. And what are we looking for? We're looking for something more. And that maybe if we find these mysteries and, and deeper hidden things, that then, then we will have unlocked kind of the purpose of all things. Our, the plans for our life will go better. That there's more out there. And, and kind of stuck in our mind is this thought and this knowledge that says, you know what, maybe, maybe it's more. Maybe there's more, maybe there's more, maybe there's better, maybe there's deeper. And we're constantly trying to scratch that itch. Now, on the other hand of this, there's this other reality that maybe, maybe we're not so much over here, we're over here, and we're constantly asking more and more about the law and what God desires, thinking that, hey, if, if I figure out and devote myself to the law and what God wants from me, then maybe I can do it. And that maybe there's more to be done. That's that secret lingering thought that has been placed in your heart and says, you know, you have not done enough. Do a little more. Find something more to do. Just do a little bit more and God will be pleased with you. And we, we give into that same lie. And maybe that's how you approach scripture and theology and, and scripture and, uh, and preaching. You're, you're looking for, well, what can I do? What is the, the real commandment of God that I might please him? And I think, I think Paul is actually kind of messing with them. That he's using this language that actually uh, embraces these same concepts that whoever is kind of sensitive to it might be like, oh, and, and tricked and saying, hey, uh, yeah, that's, what, that's what Paul's getting at. Finally, he's praying for something that I, I, I really want. But then Paul, throughout this whole letter, he's going to twist all of that and he's going to destroy both of these pillars and say, no, there is one singular focus. That if you want to be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, then you need to, need to be filled with a knowledge of God's will in Jesus Christ. 
that God is working through Jesus. He has already worked through Jesus, that Jesus Christ is enough. And that's where we look at Colossians 2.2, and Paul is describing the work that he's doing and say, the, the work that I, I do for you, I work that you may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. The mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So right now, he's not going out and saying it. He's saying this prayer, hey, know God's will for all wisdom and understanding. And he says, hey, you know what it is? The mystery that you have all been looking for, it has been Jesus. And the will of God that, that you need to grow in is an understanding of what God is doing in Jesus Christ. Now that's where first, first, the secret of what God is doing and how God is working for your best interests and, and what he's doing with the world, that mystery has already been, been revealed in Jesus Christ. It has already been revealed in Jesus Christ. That from the very beginning, the purpose was Jesus and that the plans of God are being worked out through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the future that stands before us is not actually a mystery. The future that stands before us is Jesus Christ will reign on high for all eternity. And Jesus Christ will receive his throne and all will worship at his feet. Those who refuse to worship and are cast down or those who, who joyfully are united to him and worship for all eternity. And if we're looking for what is God doing, what is the, the plan, how can I, how can I reach the, the heights of, of joy and of contentment and purpose? How can I go into the depths to know the real things that God is doing? It is Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. The will of God is to glorify himself through Jesus Christ. And by faith, in Jesus Christ, by believing and knowing in that truth and that purpose that God has in Jesus, by faith alone, you enter into that. And the future that is in Christ is now your future. The eternal kingdom that is in Jesus, you are now a part of. The purpose of God to glorify him, now you are a part of the glory of Jesus Christ. That he is working uh, in you by faith. And that's where Paul is pleading, would you know that? Would you see that this is the pearl of great price, that you can't buy anything better, that this is worth giving up everything for? And, and there's this kind of irony that we keep saying, well, yeah, I got Jesus, but uh, what else can I get? Or like, what am I supposed to do with him? What do, I, what do I do now? The thing is, like, no, you, you stop looking. You stop looking. You stop asking, what's the plan? You stop asking, well, what's God's plan for my contentment and my peace and my joy? You're already holding it. You already have it. You already put your faith in it. It's Jesus. That's what this is saying here. And Paul is praying, would you know that? Would you know that? That there's nothing deeper than Jesus Christ and the work that he's doing, 
and the work that he promises to do through you by your faith in Jesus Christ. We can't, we can't upgrade that. We can't trade for anything better. Jesus is the greatest. And now what do we do? We behold him and worship him and enjoy him. There's a second aspect to that too. On this, this side, what is Jesus? Jesus is your, is your way to please God. And you have fully pleased God in Jesus Christ. That's where Colossians 1.22 says. He says, He is reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, you with God, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Holy and blameless and above reproach. That is who you are in Jesus Christ. Holy, blameless, above reproach. You are the spotless bride. You are the faithful servant. You are the one that the Father rejoices over with much singing. You don't need more knowledge of the law. You need to know that you have fully pleased the Father in Jesus Christ. And that by faith, you don't, you don't need to, to have that nagging thought, what do I need to do? What, what more do I need to do? You don't need to do anymore. You don't have to know anything more. What do you need? You need to, to know it more. And believe that Jesus Christ is enough to know that the mystery has been revealed. To know that there, there isn't anything out there that is greater than Jesus Christ. And if you have found him, believe and, and understand all of the blessings and joys that are in him. Now that is not something that we can muster. That is something that, that is a supernatural work that our minds and our hearts would understand who Jesus is and love him, and delight in him. And that's why it's a prayer. It's a prayer that by the Spirit we might know these things more fully. And my hope is that it might be our prayer that we might know Jesus Christ and the will of God that has been expressed through him. Now that's where we, we transition now. So we have this knowledge and now we're transitioning down into the walking, to walking in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verse 10. So, you've been given all these things so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. All right, so let's just, let's just talk about this dynamic here. So, uh, what you know motivates how, and changes how you walk. Let's say, uh, if you know there's a raging bear behind you, it changes how you walk. How do you walk? You don't walk anymore. You run. You run because you know what the reality is. What if uh, you're, you're in a, a dangerous place and someone is out to get you, someone who hates you and judges you? How do you walk? You, you're now tiptoeing in the dark. If you know that you are alone, and we walk differently. You're going to walk with uncertainty and, and you're going to be careful and you're going to be suspicious. Now, if you know that you have a father who loves you and is running towards you with arms open, how are you going to walk? You're going to joyfully run into his arms in all joy and thanksgiving. Now, if you, if you know that you are walking down the aisle towards this one 
who loves you and has chosen you and has said, I, I devote my life completely to you, then how do you walk? You walk in the, in the joy and in the confidence and the love of this one. And so now we ask, okay, how do we walk in Jesus Christ knowing all that he is doing and all that he has done? And it says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now, I think this is actually really helpful because uh, how do we usually think about uh, our relationship to God? We ask not, not, hey, God, what are you worthy of? Hey, Jesus, what are you worthy of? We ask, hey, am I worthy? Am I worthy? And we say, you know, Jesus, am, am I worthy to follow you? Am I worthy to worship you? And if that's the, the question on our hearts, the answer is no. No, you're not worthy to follow him and walk with him. But that's not the question. We have it completely backwards. The question is, uh, is Jesus worthy to be worshipped by you? And the answer to that question is always yes. Is Jesus worthy of, of being adored and followed? Yes. We don't ask first, like, am I worthy to pray to you, Jesus? The, the question is, Jesus, are you worthy to be prayed to? Are you worthy of, of laying my life at your feet and saying, do whatever you will? We don't ask, am I worthy to worship you today? No, you're not. Jesus, are you worthy to be worshipped today? Absolutely. Look at what he's done. When we ask, am I worthy to, to share the name of Jesus and share the gospel? Am I worthy to do that task? It's, that's the wrong question. Is Jesus worthy of being shared and of being spoken about? And is the cross worthy of, of your witness? Yes. And all of that builds not upon you and, and what you do, it builds upon, okay, the knowledge of what he's done, and now we walk in that truth. We walk in all the truths and in his value and in his beauty, in his glory. Now, Paul gives us uh, three ways to kind of walk like that. And it's uh, kind of, uh, I'll run through them briefly. They're helpful, they're simple. Uh, three ways to walk. I jumbled them a little bit because of the Greek I'm not going to tell you why. We're not going to explain that. We're... First, in every good work, we are to walk bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God. We are to walk with all power being strengthened according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. We are to walk with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. All right, this first one. In every good work, bearing fruit and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, what is that saying? That's saying that as you walk in the truths of what Jesus Christ has done, he says, you know what? Do what you want to do. Do some works. And do works that, that bear fruit for Jesus' glory. That, were, that reflect well upon Jesus, that show your love for him. Not to pay off your debt to him, not that try to find something greater than him. No, just, just give gifts and bear fruit to offer up to him for, for the joy of doing so. 
And as you do those works, make one of those works growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of what Jesus Christ has done. And now we have this, this cycle where we know what Jesus Christ has done, and therefore we want to know more about what Jesus Christ has done. And so we, we know more and grow more, and, and it's this spiraling up of glorifying and glorifying and knowing more of the grace of Jesus. That's, that's one of the beautiful ways we walk by knowing more and more of his grace. We are to walk with all power being strengthened according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. All right. How does knowing these truths of Jesus give us strength? How does knowing these truths give us strength? Well, if you know the future and you know exactly where you are going, you can walk with such freedom and confidence knowing that that path is set. If you know that this one, the God of the universe, is pleased with you and is pouring out favor upon you in Jesus Christ, like, if God is for us, who can be against us? And if you know the, the rewards that are in store, then you can press on day by day. If you know that at the end of this aisle, there is this one waiting for you who loves you and who delights in you, who has washed you clean, then it gives you strength to take every step down that aisle to meet the one who loves you. Finally, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. Now this one's very simple. If this is all that Jesus has done for you, if he has died and resurrected for your sins, if he has done so much to, to give you an inheritance that is eternal, then we walk with, with joyful thanksgiving. We walk in the joy of all the things that Christ has done for us. And the deeper we know what he has done, the more we, we joyfully run the race set before us. Because, what does it say? The, the Father has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Not that you are qualified, but God qualified you. He gave you all the credentials. He gave you everything that you need in Jesus Christ. All right, so the question then is, how are you walking? Are you walking under these realities? Are you walking in these truths? Are you walking as one who is a child? Yes, you are a child of God. Are you walking like this one who has fully pleased God and there's nothing left for you to do but to enjoy his pleasure? That God is already pleased in Jesus Christ and you are in Jesus and there's nothing left for you to do. What are you going to do that Jesus hasn't done? Are you walking in the fact that the resurrected life of Jesus, that by faith you are already part of that and there's nothing that can take that from you? Or are you walking hoping for some secret knowledge? Hoping to, to figure it out how you might please him? Are you walking as one in the dark? Scared and lost? Are you walking as if someone who is, who is ignorant and, and confused? Are you walking like someone who is hungry and thirsty when the feast that is in Christ has already been prepared? 
No, the time for those things has ended because Jesus has been revealed. The mystery has been uncovered. The search is over. Verse 13. He, God, our Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He already delivered us. He delivered us from darkness into light, into this kingdom of Jesus Christ. He washed us clean. He redeemed us and forgave our sins. Grow in that knowledge. Stop looking for better things. Stop looking for greater commandments. Grow in the knowledge of what Jesus Christ has already done and how God is working in him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we lay our, our hearts and our minds at your feet, knowing that we can pray these things, but we cannot make them happen without your Spirit working in us, without you doing the work. And so, Father, we ask right now, would you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and understanding. Father, that we may walk in these things and walk in joy and, and walk in the freedom from fear and doubt and darkness, walking in the freedom of joy and thanksgiving and power and ever-increasing knowledge and good works. Father, thank you that you already delight us in us in Jesus. And thank you that you already have the future set before us. Father, may we please you and give you all the glory that you deserve in Jesus Christ. Shape us into those people. We pray in Jesus Christ. Amen. And now I give you your benediction. And whatever you do, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. Do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father through him. It's good to be with you, Fairhill Church. We love you. We'll see you next week.